Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, hello there, Colin. Howdy. We got another round of football to watch, I guess, again this week. Yeah, some Ned Beatty and Deliverance-style football, I'm afraid. It's uh, stacking up to be the ugliest, scariest uh, battle of the year, possibly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Except for our bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> bowl game. That is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. You know, technically, mathematically, we could still be in a bowl. I don't believe that, but I don't believe in math. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know you believe the Earth is 6,000 years old. There's virtually no reason to believe it's any older than that, Britain. That's true. There's almost no evidence. So, uh, is there... <laughs> Is there anything from this Georgia game that you can look at and take away as positive sign, or are you just rooting for a blowout for the uh, inevitable firing of Barry Odom? Well, I think the only positive sign you can hope for is competitive football. You know. Yeah, we went through that last. Andrew Lock still throwing the ball, and Demario Crockett still finding holes. Because really, I feel like defense is a lost cause. You know, so oh, yeah. they're going to get fucking jacked up, good and proper. Yeah. But uh, if the offense is at least present then it gives you hope that maybe next season, if uh, the defense can be right, that we might at least be able to be competitive in the SEC East again in a very short amount of time. But if uh, the defense is hot garbage, garbage. and the offense is hot garbage, garbage. then that points to a lot of hot garbage. garbage. That is a lot of hot garbage. uh, We were talking about the spread last week with Caleb. I don't know if you recall what that was. 28 points, I believe, was the spread. Yeah, it's moved to 30. Gee, many Christmas. Well... You know, we said last year as the spread moved to nine points against Kentucky. God, what does Vegas know that we don't? Yeah. And uh, Vegas ended up being pretty close to right. Yeah. It makes me wonder that if this is going to be a complete bloodletting. I think it will. I mean, I think the positive signs we saw from Kentucky were a complete aberration because I think we're learning that their uh, their secondary is complete hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. And mm-hmm. when we play bad secondary, we look okay. And when we play halfway decent secondary, we don't put up any points. Yeah, it's all signs point to shit. Um, <laughs> yes, they do. And I, you know what? When they hired Barry Odom, I was all for it because I thought Barry Odom had potential as a head coach, if not here, than someplace else. Mm-hmm. But something I didn't expect when they hired Barry Odom is the more I hear Barry Odom talk, and maybe it's circumstances because we're losing, the more I dislike him. Really? You know, I just, like, yeah, I just listen, you know, he's, it's a lot of coach speak and a lot of substance and, you know, especially his little diatribe where he's chastising the third string left tackle and stuff. I just feel like very, not necessarily a petty man, but immature from a coaching standpoint. You know, he, he just he needs to grow up a little bit. And unfortunately, Mizzou is being subject to his growing pains. Well, I think if you are looking for a coach who doesn't speak in coach speak and gives you, tells it to you straight, you're never going to be satisfied in the rest of your life. You're right. If he was winning, he was winning the, the SEC East, I'd be like, whoa, I love this guy. What a small fella. He really knows how to dodge a question, too. Yeah, he does. Well, I mean, the truth is is that whether it's in the uh, coach's meeting room or on the uh, pulpit answering questions, he doesn't have answers. Mm-hmm. That's his problem. He doesn't, he doesn't know the answers. It's not as if he has answers. 
Like, you know, NFL head coaches, you know, Bill Belichick, your Andy Reid's in the world, they don't tell you anything in their press conferences. But you know they have the answers, they're just not going to tell you those answers. Mm-hmm. With Mariota, I'm just pretty confident he just doesn't have answers. That's, uh, yeah, I put him in the Butch Jones category there. Yeah, yeah, they are cut off the same cloth, I'm afraid, for Mizzou fans. Well, one thing I wonder about Barry Odom and this team altogether is just how how disjointed the locker room might be. I mean, I think we, we heard a little bit this week about, you know, the Demetrius Mason dismissal and how he'd been chastised or asked to run sprints or something for some minor violation, and he told Barry Odom to succinctly go fuck himself. Yep, well, that's probably not a good sign in the locker room. No? It's a good way to get kicked off the team. Yeah, I, uh, I've heard numbers thrown around. You know, anywhere from 10 to 20 players of turnover since Barry Odom's taken over. And that seems like a tremendous amount. And if that number is accurate, and I don't know if it is, that's too much. That speaks to things not working. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a... going to have a little bit of a calling when, when, when things change hands, whether it be a business or a football team. But that seems like a lot. Yeah, I mean, there is a certain degree of that in any situation. I mean, you've always got third-string quarterbacks who think they ought to be starting somewhere and stuff like mm-hmm. that. But, yeah. Uh, the dismissals. I mean, I guess the one thing that we haven't had a ton of are the blatant, horrible, nasty crimes that you see in a lot of programs, but you do see a lot of old dink and dunk marijuana yeah. violations well, and, and, telling and, the and coach to go fuck himself. That are going, you know, the Nate Howard, the Nate Strong, and then yeah. uh, now Demetrius makes it. I mean, these aren't guys, these are guys whose names you know. Yeah. On a team that seems very, very thin on talent. Well, this is one thing about this team that uh, surprises me, and it surprised me for this whole three-year run where we've been terrible, is that we hear about other guys, yet we never see them. Well, like, for instance, yeah. Roundtree. Roundtree is not going to redshirt. We played him, but why Why don't we see more of him? You know, like, <laughs> try something. Throw something else at the wall and see what sticks. Um, well, but they do seem to be doing a little bit of that, at least on the defensive side of the ball. They seem to be playing younger players and... Mm-hmm. If they're not talented, ultimately it won't make any difference. But if you've got a guy like the Sparks kid who's going to play for four straight years, you, you know there's there's something to be gained by a, a senior who's played a lot of snaps for three straight years. But uh, I think in a in a real world scenario where your team's going to be good, you don't do that. Well, and I think it's not just a matter of guys uh, not being any good sometimes, but like look at Emmanuel Hall. Where you got a guy like the coaches like Mason better think he's a better athlete. You put Hall out and find out in game day situation. Hey, the guy can catch footballs, which is a key component for a wide receiver. Granted, I'm not an expert. I think that, I, I think that happens a lot in college for two reasons. One, bad coaching, and there's a lot of that in college football more so than I think people realize. I mean, a lot there's a lot of method. You, football's a great meritocracy. The best players play regardless, but. In the coaching ranks, that is not necessarily the case. You know, they're hiring their buddies or the guys they went to school with or played with in the past. Or, um, I think there's some good old boy network, certainly, in the coaching ranks, and I think that leads to a lot of bad coaching. So, mm-hmm. as you said, guys who don't identify talent is, you know, in the case of Point Hall, not playing wide receiver. And then I think, on the other hand, the practice time is so limited. And on a football team in college, there's so many players. I feel like it's, it may be harder to identify some of that talent sometimes, but yeah, I, I'm afraid that, uh, I mean, just the turnover our coaching staff alone would speak to maybe they're not, maybe all aces. Since we are playing Georgia, I thought it best that we actually talk to somebody from Georgia. So contact our old friend Derek Leonard from the Dogcast, who we've spoken to in the past, to yep. talk a little bit about this game. And uh, he's a lot more upbeat than we are. About Missouri? God, no. About his team. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, 
I mean, after last, after talking to the person from Kentucky and other uh, other people, it, it seemed much higher on the Tigers than we are. And I was just chalked it up to them not actually have seen near as much Tiger football as us. But I thought, well, I can't imagine he's he's from Georgia and he's high on the Tigers. No, so I, th- I think what we're learning now at this stage of what the Tigers are is that when we talk to these people finding out how kind and nice they are. It's kind of like this patronizing thing where it's like we are like a, a child who wanders into a, uh, a store and the store owner treats them like they're a real customer, even though it's just adorable because they're, they're, they don't have real money. They don't have real money. <laughs> no, they can't play. Yeah. You want to try this car? You want to test drive this car? <laughs> You're not old enough to drive. That's kind of us as Mizzou fans. We're the yep. uh, completely uh, worthless child who they who they who they treat kindly because you know it, it, it's just cruel to do anything else. The other way, yeah. Yeah. So who can blame them? I mean, I don't know if it were, if roles were reversed, if we'd be that kind. Um. Yeah, you're probably right. We're awful people. Yeah. Horrible, horrible troglodytes. So. Yeah. Um, troglodytes, indeed. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't we uh, switch over to the Derek Leonard interview and uh, come back? Yeah, we're not. What's that? <laughs> Fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's hear what Derek has to say, and I'll uh, talk to you a little bit. M I Z. Yo throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. Eighty-two yards. Touchdown, Missouri! Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazzotcast. With us now is Derek from the Dogcast to talk a little bit about this Georgia team that's about to kick Missouri's ass on Saturday. I appreciate you joining us. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here. We talked a little off air, and you talked about a you say a thirty-two point uh, spread. I was looking at yeah. thirty, so I mean, you got to give us a couple points. Yeah, thirty to thirty-two. I mean, yeah, sure, man. Well, let's call it thirty, right? <laughs> that makes you feel a little more confident heading into Saturday. You know, if you look though, I mean, you know, Iowa State was a thirty-one point dog to Oklahoma and went into Oklahoma and beat them. You know, so I'm still guard. I'm still taking the points. Yeah, I, I tell you, we've covered every game this year, you know, but I, I got to tell you, I'm not 100% sure that we can cover 30 against Missouri. I'm just not sure of that, but I'll tell you, this George team is uh, is pretty good. I think you will find that it is a completely different kind of team than you guys have ever seen before out of Georgia. I mean, I fully expect that, but based on what I've seen out of Georgia this far and based on what I've seen our Tigers do, you know, the last two years, the, the Bulldogs won, but the spread for the two seasons has only been four points. Georgia struggled a little bit with Missouri, but like you said, this looks like a very different team. Kirby Smart has this squad on offense and defense rolling. Are there any holes that Missouri can even possibly think about exploiting this season? Well, you know, the thing that Missouri has done well, if you look at, like, uh last couple games for you guys, you know, you do have Drew Lott back there with – you know, really good arm talent. I mean, he's a, he's a good quarterback. Um, one of the better quarterbacks that we have faced this year, and he can definitely be successful on the deep ball. You know, so he throws the deep ball to loosen guys out of the box, 
the bad news for you guys is we're number one in the conference against big pass plays, right? We're number one in not giving up deep pass plays. So I expect you guys are going to try to exploit you know, what you're good at, which is, you know, a medium to long deep passing and then trying to open up some rushing. Oh, i got to be honest with you, though, man. We, we really do not have a lot of vulnerabilities on defense. Our pass rush is fierce. The problem you guys are going to have trying to throw the deep ball is that we have a fierce pass rush. I don't know much about your offensive line, though, but stopping the pass rush long enough for Drew to get the balls off deep will be your primary concern, you know? We are really good on defense. I mean, defense is our thing this year. It's our calling card. Our offense has been able to just run the ball. You know, we have not thrown the ball a lot. We've run the ball a lot. We have five running backs that have meaningful carries. So, we trot out running backs like a lot of teams. Like, you always, you know, it's kind of a a thing around the league. You hear about Alabama trotting in new defensive linemen and stuff. We trot out running backs like that. So, Mm -hmm. we are churning fresh legs back there all the time and just pounding it between the tackles and uh, see, you know, kind of daring you to stop us. And we do these big, long, grinded out drives that keeps your defense on the field a long time. Uh, and thirdly, you know, our special teams have been fantastic. We're doing something, I mean, we're doing more than 90% touchbacks this year. I don't think we've missed a field goal yet, and we have a new punter whose average is almost 50 yards a punt. We really are firing on all cylinders. That's what's made us, uh, I guess, the vulnerability, to answer your question, not to run on too long here, but to answer your question, if there is a vulnerability, you would you would have to say maybe you guys are going to try to put pressure on our freshman quarterback, right? He has been seen as a possible weak link, but... Every time he's been sacked or picked off or punched in the mouth, he has really responded, you know. So I think you guys might try to confuse him or pressure him or do something to rattle the quarterback. That might be your best avenue to try and stay close in this game. Well, what you're telling me is terrifying, but not terribly surprising. I was looking at this game, and even if Missouri was a good team, which they are most definitely not, I still think this is a bad matchup for the Tigers, mostly because our offense is this hurry-up offense, and it ends up being a lot of three and outs, and I know how Georgia likes to ground and pound, and it would just it looks bad to me because we are on the field on defense 60-75% of the time, and I, it just seems like Georgia is built to exploit that. And uh, you talk about the freshman quarterback maybe being a possible wink link, but, man, our secondary is bad. You know, we've got a lot of bad things going on. And so uh, what he does is that we, we, we give up a lot of big plays, and uh, I can see that happening, especially as much as we're going to be scared of those running backs that you mentioned. And, you know, I can see guys trying to cheat, and they would get burned in the past. And so, I mean, uh, it's just going to be ugly. That's why I'm recording this from a bar is because I need to drink. game on Saturday. I don't, I don't know, maybe. Uh, maybe if you have, like, Tommy Tuberville, if Tommy Tuberville's calling the game, maybe you can drink every time he says, go in NASCAR, because apparently go in NASCAR is Tommy Tuberville's favorite thing to say. But um, you're right about the matchups. It's it's not a good matchup for Missouri, because when you guys are on offense, 
strength on strength, right? Your deep ball game versus our top-rated passing defense. And then when we're on the field on offense, it is strength kind of on weakness. You guys aren't great against the run. Yeah. Not really? Not against the pass either. <laughs> yeah. And we're really good at just, I'll tell you, one of the things that Georgia fans have really liked about Kirby Smart this year, one of the big differences between him and Mark Rick is how intense he is for all 60 minutes, how he makes our guys believe that every single play counts for all four quarters. He used the word, if you, if you know anything about the Vanderbilt game, we run, we rushed them all. We got almost, we had 425 yards rushing. And he said specifically that our running backs are running with a style specifically designed to demoralize the defense, right? Mm-hmm. We're not just trying to get first downs and trying to win the game and, you know, flip the field. We are actively trying to break your will on defense, you know? And for a team like Missouri, kind of like Vanderbilt, too, Vanderbilt's defense going into the Georgia game had been on the field for something like, I don't know, 140 plays over the previous two games. And so we trot out our offensive line and our troop of running backs, and we just pound, pound, pound. And in the third quarter, it really, really starts to show, you know? Yeah. Hands on hips and that sort of thing. And, yeah, man, that's when it starts to go sideways for opposing teams this year so far. Well, that is why Tiger fans are focusing a lot on the upcoming basketball season. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, but it's... You know what, man? I'll mm-hmm. tell you this. In all seriousness, Georgia is having a good year, and we look really good, and we're top five team and all that kind of stuff. But you know what, man? We are still the team that lost to Vanderbilt at home last year. Yeah. And also lost to Tennessee, lost to Georgia Tech now. You know, we've and damn near lost against us. Yeah, damn near lost to Missouri, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we until we finish the season, until we run the table like we think we can, like we're supposed to do, we haven't done it yet, right? Right. So every week, if you ask any Georgia fan, as confident as we are and as good as things look, we're still on guard to win the bed every damn week, right? I mean, yeah. It does look like a different team, better team, yada, 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 but 6-0 is still just 6-0. It ain't 12-0, so I understand that. can happen, brother. Well, your Georgia team has looked good, but combine that with the uh, the way the East has been a kind of dumpster fire and Florida losing to LSU, they, they seem in a very strong position to get back to Atlanta for the first time in a while. I don't see another team, unless Florida turns it around maybe a little bit, that can compete with you. I mean, you have to have some confidence that uh, the East is Georgia's to lose this year. That is true, but like I was just saying to you, Queen Hell, Missouri's won the East twice since we last won it. You know, yeah. Florida's won it twice since we last won it. So Georgia fans really are just not in a position to be confident about those things. You know, we've yeah. learned to not be confident. But yeah, on paper, it looks awesome. Everything's going great. Everything's going according to plan. But if you have a week in the East where you don't show up, you know, it could, it could really bite you in the butt. But yeah, I do think. We have the inside track. Um, mathematically, if we beat uh, Missouri, I mean, sooner or later, we're, if we keep winning, we'll be mathematically kind of uh, included, you know. But I want to win out, but 
we do have five tough games after we play Missouri. You know, back to back, we got Florida, then South Carolina, then Kentucky, then Auburn, then Tech. So there's still a lot of football left, but I feel pretty good. But not until we get there, buddy. I understand, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and make make an assumption. Say Georgia gets back to Atlanta very likely facing the Alabama Crimson Tide. And the way the East has been the last several years, it's really just a prize to see who gets thumped by Alabama. How do you think you might match up against the Crimson Tide team this season? Well, I'll tell you, if we played right now, I think we probably could not beat them. Because I think apples to apples, everything matching up, I think our offense isn't quite there to play against their defense, right? We're talking about Missouri earlier. We were talking about strength on strength and weaknesses and vulnerabilities and stuff. I think apples to apples, they would be able to score maybe a few more points than us, right? But if we if we keep improving and we keep grinding and we keep the right work ethic and stuff, maybe six, seven weeks from now, maybe we will be ready. I don't know, but uh, today, I don't think we could beat them. If we get to the SEC Championship, maybe we'll have something for them. Well, good luck to you. I mean, it would be nice to see the East sort of uh, reclaim a little bit of pride. So, uh, from that respect, we're rooting for you. We don't have a lot of confidence going into this weekend, but uh, it's uh, you never say never. So, thank you so much for joining us again. Friends at the Dogcast have been good to us, and uh, we look forward to a fun weekend in Athens on Saturday. Looking forward to it as well, man. Can't wait. 7.30 Saturday night. It's going to be, I mean, it's a conference game, man. It's Saturday night in Athens. What more can you ask for? It sounds great. Anything can happen. Although, uh, not expecting much from a t- as a Tiger fan. <laughs> <laughs> Copy that, man. All right, have a good one. Thanks, buddy. down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind because he was way behind and he was willing to make a deal. When he came across this young man sewing on a fiddle and playing it hot, and the devil jumped up on a hickory stump and said, boy, let me tell you what. I guess you didn't know it, but I'm a fiddle player too. And if you'd care to take a dare, I'll make a bet with you. Now you play pretty good fiddle, boy, but give the devil his due. I bet a fiddle of gold against your soul because I think I'm better than you. The boy said, my name's Johnny and it might be a sin, but I'll take your bet you're gonna regret cause I'm the best as ever been. Johnny, you're awesome up your bow and play your fiddle hard. Cause hell's broke loose in Georgia and the devil deals it hard. There you have it, Colin. Turns out after a lot of careful analysis and interviews and some research, Missouri's gonna lose this weekend. Yep, yep. It seems to be the consensus. Yeah. What, 30? Sometimes off, but not usually by 30 points. Yeah, I was going to ask you, uh, 30 point spread. Do you take the points? I mean, what do you do in this situation? You got money on the line. Well, I'll be honest with you. If I was a gambling man, and I'm not, probably because I'm poor, mm-hmm. I would take the points. Yeah. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like. <laughs> Colin the Greek. Uh, if Purdue can do that to us, why can't uh, Georgia? Yeah. I think it's going to be really frustrating. I think we're going to turn the ball over a lot. I don't think we're going to move the ball a lot. I don't. I, maybe we'll get a garbage time touchdown. I mean, if it were 60 to 10, I would not be shocked at all. Well, that's my, my thought in this game is that we won't be able to move the ball very much, and their offense is predicated on running, so they're just going to kill clock yeah. while scoring loads of points. So 
it's going to be a result of, you know, we're just not going to have, I mean, the time of possession in this game, my guess is, is going to be wildly lopsided. Yeah. And so it's not just that Georgia is going to be that much better than us. It's that their style of play isn't even going to give us an opportunity to stay competitive because they're just going to, I mean, I mean, there's a chance that Nick Chubb runs ball in from 60 or 70 yards. And that's a very distinct possibility. And so the, what you think is it going to be a grinded out offense actually is a high powered fastball. It gives us lots of opportunities. But I, I, I would take the point, honestly. Well, I'll tell you what, I think even if Missouri was a competitive football team, which make no mistake, they are not, we, this would still be a bad matchup for us because we run that stupid, fast-paced offense, three-and-out offense. Yeah, exactly. This is, if we were good, it would still be a hard yeah. matchup, and our defense would be asked to do a lot. They're going to ground and pound, and don't forget how bad our secondary is. I think they're oh, I think they're going to have two running backs worth over 100 yards rushing, and then we're going to get burned like Kentucky did last week on some crazy little pass because I think yeah. Fromm is a really good quarterback, and he can see holes that develop, and I think what's going to happen is we're going to get burned on the run so much our secondary and linebackers are going to start cheating on the run, and then they're going to get burned yep. in the pass, and it's just going to be yeah. a- I'll tell you what, I haven't forgotten it. <laughs> and Lord knows I've tried. Yeah. Whiskey and roofing, and uh, it doesn't work. When I wake up from that uh, self-induced coma, I still remember just how bad our secondary is. Well, here's, but yeah. hey, yeah. it's almost basketball season. Oh, thank God for that. Who's it's coming. Kansas fan? Hey, Colin, speaking of that, there's something exciting happening. There's uh, one piece of breaking news that's coming out here as we're recording. I don't know if you've heard this or not, but uh, the Kansas City Star is reporting that there will be a exhibition game, basketball game, on October 22nd. It's still in talks, so I don't know if it's official yet. But the University of Missouri Tigers and the Kansas Jayhawks are apparently going to be playing a game of basketball against each other for the first time since we left the Big 12. It won't count, but all proceeds are going to go to hurricane relief. Wow, the border war is back. Apparently, Jim Stark is a wizard. He is a wizard. My God. No, this comes out of nowhere. Yeah, it's uh, it just you know, hires new coaches and raises record amounts of money and uh, builds a bridge to the god awful state of Kansas. Yeah, this sounds fantastic. The only apprehension I have about this whatsoever is that it is an exhibition game and won't matter for any real purposes. And I kind of there's a deep down in me, I kind of wanted our first game against Kansas to be in the NCAA tournament where they refused to play us and they you know, were forced to, and then we kicked their ass and send them packing back to their cesspool of a fucking hometown of Lawrence, Kansas. But I will take what I can get. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, all this Adidas scandal going on, and uh, the story coming out that should need to steal because they're part of the investigation, and, and, and therefore might mean that Kansas is involved. Maybe Kansas just wants to play while they still have players. Perhaps that's what it is. I mean, you yeah, know, hopefully. Like, let's play Missouri while we can still have a chance to win before they uh, sanction us to death. Yeah, hopefully they Imagine then, that statement about basketball for them. Imagine yeah. it. What will they have? No, I mean, that is that is it. That and Prairie Dog Meat. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I do hope that uh, the NCAA and the FBI combine to just wreck their assholes. Yeah, but, I, I, I have a vision in my head of, you know, an FBI agent pushing Bill Self to the ground and making sweet, unwanted love to him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, Weinstein-style love. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Jody Foster on the uh, pinball machine from the accused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a very specific reference, but yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, Ned Beatty style, mm-hmm. watching Bill Self's face twist with anger and pain and like, maybe some pleasure. <laughs> like Leonardo DiCaprio under a bear. Yep, better believe it. 
Yeah, my question is, uh, being an exhibition game, nobody wants to get hurt. How hard do they go? I mean... I wonder if it might be hard to get the reins on the kids. I wonder if they'll end up, the exhibition game may be short, or the, the starters won't play for very long, just by virtue of they might be a little more rough and tumble based on the rivalry. Well, I'll tell you what, people are not going to come to this game to watch 40 minutes of Vandersex. Well, nobody wants that. No. But, uh, that may be what they get. That's <laughs> what they've been getting for three years. Yeah, that's, that is true. But it will be something to see uh, Missouri and Kansas uniforms on the floor at the same time against each other once again. Yep. Crazy that uh, they think they can raise a lot of money for hurricane relief when Kansas has been telling us for five years now that uh, they're not interested and nobody cares about this rivalry. Well, yeah. It's shocking. It almost flies in the face of everything they've said. Yep. That seems strange. It's uh, almost like they're cowardly, lying jackasses. That's kind of their default setting. Yeah. You know, and if, say, Missouri wins this game, uh, God help us. It's still an exhibition, but we can hold that over their heads for until they want to play us again. Yeah, it's the only thing we'll, uh, we'll be able to hold over their heads because they're such colossal chicken shits. They are colossal chicken shits. Well, I'm very excited. I uh, I cannot wait to find out where and when I can buy tickets to that son of a bitch. It ought to be fun. And for the good news for Kansas fans is that the uh, their Make America Great Again hats are red, so they don't have to change them to go to the basketball game. That's right. If only there were a touch of blue on those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> so they stay blue pretty, pretty hard. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Colin, let's get back to football. The fans had their foot on the throat of Barry Odom for a while after uh, Auburn, specifically in Purdue. And I think Kentucky was a little bit of a salve, but I think it's going to be a lot of anger, and you can expect some very angry voicemails for our yeah, upcoming episode. Yeah, I think um, you can treat uh, this season so far like a mean case of herpes. We wanted to fire Barry Odom because of Auburn and Purdue. Well, that was a flare-up. And right. now we're in you know the non-flare-up times of Kentucky. Right. You know, hey, look, our dork's not covered in sores anymore. Yeah, Great. let's get back out there. But wait a second. Mm-hmm. Here comes sores. And that's, <laughs> that sores name is Georgia. Yeah. They, this flare-ups, they they never stop. And there's no cure. And that's an analogy you're not going to hear made on, on the SEC Network. Right? And that's an re- analogy. It's a real shame because it is spot on. Colin, I've often compared our podcast to the herpes of the uh, sports media world. Yes, absolutely. We uh, were really irritating. Uh, we're hard to look at, and we just don't go away. No, we sure don't. All right. Well, I think we've really got our listeners jacked for this football game Saturday. Oh, I think after listening to this very short podcast, they're going to feel like they need to sit down and watch this football game. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's sign off and uh, get ready just to, to lube our assholes. <laughs> All right. M-I-Z. Yeah, my Z. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. <laughs> 